I'm horny, 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 horny for change. Hi, uh, this is just a little apology. <laughs> we used the wrong microphone. How frustrating. We, Emily literally bought a microphone specifically for podcasting. We used the laptop's recorder without realising. The microphone was sat out unused this whole time. Neglected. Yeah, so... Vintage. Retro. Enjoyed them. Enjoys. Well, hello. Fine holiday Friday. Hello, Friday. Thank God. Peak and pit of the week, Gina? Or when did we do the last recording? Mm, two weeks two ago. ago. Peak and pit of the last fortnight. I had a dog. Not this week. Gone, just gone. Week before. Honestly, it was the best dog ever. She's called Poppy. Cute. Really well behaved. Um, super cuddly. She's up on the bed. I like that sometimes, oh. but when it's a cock block, it's not that much. It wasn't a cock block, but it, it was like a sleep block. Yeah. Okay. I was so uncomfortable, I didn't want to move it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she can stay forever. You're just staring at her. Yeah. So that was lovely. Um, Pit? Yeah. I did get electrocuted. Oh, yeah. Before coming here. And it was made worse because I'd just got out of the shower. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a conductor. Oh, God. But otherwise, I had quite a good fortnight. That's nice. Yeah. Peak, I'm going to say I've read loads of good books. Mm, nice. I've treated myself to, I haven't read fiction in ages, and nice. I've been really, really into it. I've bogged myself down with quite a lot of non-fiction sometimes, but I thought, fuck it. Mm. Went to a nice bookshop, bought Luster, mm-hmm. Acts of Desperation, and Breasts and Eggs, and by God. They're really good. All fucking fantastic. Really? Yeah, really, really good. I gobbled them up. <laughs> gobble, gobble, gobble. Topical freezer. Yeah. That's what? Christmas. <laughs> Pit. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it really works up, to be honest. Yeah. Can't talk about that, but it was scary. I can Interesting, though. Yeah. Yeah. But um, makes for a fucking great story that I can't talk about in a podcast. But if anyone wants to DM me. <laughs> <laughs> you'll be hooked but yeah good learning experience i suppose just it did make me sleep really well though because i feel like i was thinking about it all day so right by it turned into peak i feel well rested nice raring to go for Come our on. horny for help horny for help we'll try and cover two i reckon do you know i'm gonna start this off with one that's quite a good conversation to be had not really advice but it's an interesting one. Can I just say, everyone that writes in is really good at storytelling. <laughs> Basically, episodes. Yeah, I really enjoy it. There's a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the narrative is fantastic. <laughs> everyone does have a very strong voice. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's true. It's so well done, guys. Makes everything easier to engage with, to be honest. I'm not going to eat I'm going to keep eating. I know. Sorry, we're eating grapes. If that sounds horrible, suck it. I. <laughs> Right, let me find this because I've somehow crossed out. Okay. So, I had a recent experience that I'd really like your opinion on. Love that sentence. I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Fuck, I lost it. Okay, I was having some after work pints with some work pals and we started talking about sex. Everything was light and fun until one of the girls started talking about her sex life and making comments about her boyfriend who was sitting right next to her. 
The guy looked visibly uncomfortable and seemed to be getting agitated. I was wondering what your advice would be for having sex-positive conversations, especially for people who like to talk details, don't we all? Without offending anyone or hurting anyone's feelings. Or are some conversations only to be had with a few close pals, or not at all, except for with your partner? It seems contradictory to me to be pleasure-focused and openly sex-positive, but at the same time to shy away from conversations about the physical acts of sex and pleasure when it comes up. I understand that some people are comfortable to share details about sex and some aren't. So how can we create an open, positive environment for these conversations where everyone feels comfortable? Or do you think some people are always going to feel a bit uncomfortable in these conversations and there isn't anything that can be done? No judgments either way for anyone's preference for privacy or preference not to have these conversations. I'm just curious what your thoughts are. Great conversation starter. Yeah. Be honest, whoever wrote this in. Honestly, this girl's nasty. And I just think sex positivity, especially when it's like discussed in such a superficial, superficial, <laughs> superficial, superficial <laughs> fucking shithole as Instagram mm-hmm. loses on nuance. Explain what you mean, because sometimes your words are not well. <laughs> so it's like, oh, I'm sex positive. You have to be sex positive, um, and that means you have to be able to talk about into details of your life all the time. You have to be comfortable with specific words and blah 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 blah. blah. Mm. But I just think that within that, we're not being very considerate to people's boundaries. And the type of sex positivity that I am trying to promote should empower you to be able to establish your boundaries and communicate them. And those yeah. boundaries can be, I may like being fisted in the bedroom, <laughs> oh. yeah. but I don't want to talk about that with my work friends. Yeah. That's fine. That doesn't make you any less Please. positive. No, yeah. I'm happy to not hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also happy to hear it. But not if the boyfriend's sat right next to the <laughs> Exactly. I just think, God love the boyfriend to be on a stumper. <laughs> You deserve better, to be honest. Yeah. I just think for two people to be in a relationship, first of all, establish one another's boundaries, please, mm. so you don't disrespect them in public. That's the main word, I think, respect. Yeah. It's basic empathy as well. Like, if whoever wrote this in was able to look at this boy who isn't your boyfriend, mm. and you were able to pick up on clear body language, how does his girlfriend not do the same? Oh, yeah. Which makes her seem sus. And I just think, yeah, don't try and mask cruelty and fucking being a bully as sex positivity, please, because it's not the same thing. I think as well, you've kind of answered all of your questions yourself whenever you say what your advice would be for having sex positive conversations, especially for people who like to talk details without offending anyone or hurting anyone's feelings. You can talk about your own details. You don't have to involve and drag other people into it without their consent to do so. That's fucking rude. Isn't that equivalent of like showing sex? Things like that. It's so private. Sex is private. It can be a private thing. Yeah. And it's like you can have boundaries while talking about sex positivity as a broader term and a broader concept. And you don't have to tell everyone what you like. This is the same thing that's come up with me with People calling me a slut in my DMs for me for change. And I'm like, whoa, I've never once mentioned that I've even had sex. So fuck off, first <laughs> of all. And just, I can I can talk about sex and be openly sex positive, but I've never once included any intimate details of my sex life. 
Yeah, or anything that you're not comfortable sharing, basically. Exactly, and you can be comfortable with sharing every single detail about your sex life with anyone you meet, and that's fine. You can call yourself sex positive, fantastic. Or you can be really closed off to the idea because it turns you on more and it feels more special and sensual when that's kept with the people that you sleep with. And to be honest, that's no one's business if and why you choose to be on either side of the camp. Yeah, I think it's all about respect and not being a dickhead. Yeah. Read, reading the room. Exactly. And so how can we create open, positive environments for these conversations where everyone feels comfortable? It's literally, as you just said, read the room. If someone doesn't feel comfortable, it's your responsibility then to try and deter from the subject. Yeah, and don't deter. assume everyone wants to have the same discussion as you. Yeah. Great if they do. Amazing. Everyone loves a sex story. Yeah. But, but don't push beliefs. your beliefs on someone else or your boundaries. Exactly. It's forceful and it's um it's insensitive. And I think sensitivity is something that we tend to have lost recently. Just yeah, be aware. And also everyone some people have had really shitty experiences and maybe don't want to be talking about sex. And that's also fine. It doesn't make them like fucking boring or whatever. It's mm. just their choice. On days and off days, and it's always going to change as well. Just if you maybe ask your partner, how do you feel about me speaking about the sex that we have? That's a pretty basic thing to have had a conversation about. Yeah, and awareness and respect. Treat others as you would like to be treated. It's also like um, it's sexual preferences themselves. You're going to be comfortable with some things and other things you're never going to want to do. It's literally the same with sharing details of your life. And also, I feel like now we're, we are in a culture of oversharing. Yeah, I mean, social media is literally based on share, that. share, 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 and give everything of yourself. But also, yeah, just sometimes it's nice to keep things to yourself. It's a bit sexy as well to like be smug about that fisting that you did last I've week. I've got a secret. Yeah. So I think sex positivity comes in loads of different forms. But none of those forms should be disrespectful. Yeah, interesting on the I do love a sex chat though. They're the best. Very, very funny. It's always a bit different when there's a partner involved. Yeah, I don't think I would never tell a story if I'd not got the express okay. If if the partner was with me, I'd be like, Can I tell that story? Also, yeah, my friends are all such fucking big ones that if I told the story without getting the mm-hmm. go ahead, oh, it back. would get bad. <laughs> So, yeah, it would be like, I heard what you did last night. <laughs> so, yeah. Safety first. Mm. Shall we go on to our next one? Okay, I'll read it, I'll read it, I'll read it. I have a hard time understanding orgasms. Obviously, with the pleasure gap, it makes it harder. But I've only recently been physically able to have penetrative sex. And while I understand that orgasming isn't the end-all be-all, I have no idea what one feels like. The sex I'm having is really great and feels amazing, but... The great feeling doesn't really seem to amount to anything. When I watch porn, I can usually only get like five minutes into a video and because of only recent experiences, never have penetrated solo sex. Do you have any advice? Will I know when I come for the first time? This is the most common category of question that we've had so far. I think that just um, emphasises how much this is something that people worry about. And it's really ironic that... (laughs) People worrying about having orgasms is actually stopping them from having orgasms. So frustrating. 
Yeah, just first of all, would like to say sorry that you're experiencing frustration in this way because it can be really overwhelming and you can feel like just really lost and it's tricky. So we're here, but also 10 to 15% of women have never had an orgasm and 50% of women are not happy with the amount of orgasms they're having. That is Medline Plus. And if anyone wants to look that statistic up, even without the statistics, you can relate even just by thinking of the conversations you've had with the girl mates. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I think while this can feel like a very isolated personal problem, and that's fair enough, of course, this is like your experience. I don't want to take that away from you. As a whole, like women were being denied respect and credibility for their pleasure until recently. Like the clitoral orgasm has been demonized and it's 18% of women, not 25 who can orgasm from penetrative sex only. So the, the majority of people can't orgasm. Through the model of sex that we have been told to have. That's so fucked up, isn't so it? annoying. Yeah, so it is like, this is still a very recent issue and this is why, probably part of the reason that you are experiencing this is because of the context. Sexual politics. But. I thought, like, practically we should just go through the sexual response cycle because, you know, we're not going to fully focus on this because there are so many more, like, valuable conversations to be had than medical sexology or whatever. But I think it's good to lay it out so you can see where your cycle goes and where maybe you're hitting a brick wall literally just understanding the system behind yeah. Yeah. arousal yeah exactly so understand the system but then decorate it okay so the sexual response cycle has four phases generally i'm not gonna sometimes people say that there's different ones per gender i'm not gonna do that there's just generally one so throughout this entire cycle there are changes physically and emotionally. Don't get so bogged down with the physicality of sex that you are ignoring the emotional aspect because I will testify that that is much stronger and much more um, that informs orgasms, the emotional changes. Your brain gives you an orgasm. There you go. Braincasm with Gina. <laughs> Next week. <laughs> <laughs> Phase one. Excitement. Your heart rate increases, as does your breathing. So this is just the beginning of it. Blood flow starts. So this means that your nipples may get hard. Lubrication may start if you're a vulva owner. And then at this point, you would get an erection um, or start to if you're a penis owner. Phase two. Plateau. Is generally a continuation of phase one, but it gets more intense, basically. So you're starting to get heightened muscle tension and the vagina starts to swell internally as well as externally. So that's why your labia might become plumper. Um, it can also change in colour. So this is why it's really interesting to watch yourself in a mirror so you can notice these phases in your own body. And then you can tell partners how they can recognise these phases as well. That's exciting. That's a little tip for you. Testicles start to become tightened in phase two as well. Also, between phase one and phase two, the clitoris, if you have a clitoral hood, the clitoris can come out 
of the hood. Mm-hmm. But then depending on your sensitivity, this might become painful. So if um, there's a lot of like direct stimulation of the clitoris, sometimes the clitoris retracts and goes back into the hood. Sometimes, obviously, this can't happen if you don't have a clitoral hood. Um, so be aware if you have too much sensitivity and it's painful, just yourself, you can lay off um, or you tell your partner, at this point, I don't really like that much intense direct stimulation. It's all different per clitoris. Case three. Orgasm. The climax. Some people will describe the orgasm as the pinnacle um, of the sexual encounter. I don't really think that that's necessary because that's why people put it on a pedestal and that's why people feel so much pressure when they struggle to reach it. So we're not going to do that here. But within this phase, you're experiencing muscle contractions. Your heart rate and breathing rate are at their fastest. So pretty much hyperventilating at this point, sometimes. Mm-hmm. Again, some of these things may not happen for you. They're just generalizations. So don't be freaked out if you're like, fuck, I don't hyperventilate in phase three. Yeah, which literally. I don't think I even had that. But... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, don't don't worry. Everyone is normal. Most people describe orgasms as a sudden release of tension, and that's what like is put in this phase. Also, your vaginal muscles will contract. Also, the uterus can rhythmically contract um, mm. internally. So it's generally your entire pelvic floor. It's really added here. Muscles at the biggest of the penis contract, and this is why ejaculation um, happens in a certain way because it's depending on the rhythm of that muscle. No way. Yeah, so you can actually see it. Very interesting. Sometimes ejaculation mm-hmm. happens with penises. Again, that's kind of taken as a every time kind of thing and mm-hmm. that's not true. Penis owners can have an orgasm without ejaculating. Phase four. Resolution. The last phase, so the body may slowly return to its standard functioning, so it may completely come out of the sexual response cycle. Swelling can go down, colour changes can start to reverse, but you can still be highly sensitive at this point, it again depends. Um, you can feel really emotional, maybe really tired, or you feel extreme intimacy with a partner. That's because of the chemicals release. There's loads of oxytocin going on. There's another one that I never remember. It comes with tea, I think. Um, but look it up yourselves. Um, <laughs> and vulva owners are generally able to return to orgasm. So go back to phase three. Really? Quicker. Yeah. Oh, no. They can pop back in. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why, that's why partnered sex for heterosexual women isn't statistically satisfying because this isn't acknowledged a lot where sometimes the actual orgasm can feel like foreplay for some vulvars and they're you know that's the tip of the bloody iceberg they want to keep going um so yeah that's food for thought penis owners have a refractory period so they can't physically get an erection for a while and that's different her penis also mm. and that is going to vary throughout your lifetime so it increases like that period of time increases with age generally also you can still be aroused and not have an erection those things are not simultaneous you don't need to be feeling desire to have a genital response <laughs> wow. Wow. Um, 
so yeah I think that is kind of helpful to go through so I know that this person had said will I know if I have an orgasm generally I would say yes but it's gonna yeah it's gonna feel different for everyone and also some people's orgasms are going to be more intense than yours maybe you'll have more intense ones than someone else maybe yours are shorter and more subtle mm-hmm. or maybe you just yeah express your pleasure differently and it's not this earth shattering moment it's just like a maybe you have a giggle it, you know it's all different and one isn't better than the other orgasms vary just as much as people vary them i know it's so subjective yeah and, and even then you've had an orgasm and it wasn't amazing doesn't mean the next orgasm it's going to be completely different to that. Exactly. It's also so context dependent. Like, if you've been drinking a lot mm. at that point in your life, maybe it's a real struggle to get there, or it's quite anticlimactic. Or if you have been, it's things like I'm not, I'm not being funny for a vulvarona who has periods. Where you are in your cycle. Have so you noticed, glad that you made no. this point. <laughs> I don't it's, have a period at the minute. Oh, it's mad. Well, what's your experience if you don't mind sharing? I don't mind sharing. So, fantastic. <laughs> In my um, let's reference back to that first question. We've just established boundaries and we know that it's okay for you never talk about the periods. Go on. I've noticed that straight after my period, super hard to have an orgasm. It's also, I'm also a lot drier. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, sexual simulation of the genitals just doesn't feel as good yeah right before it my period on the other hand do you want to know why central do you want to know why that is yes well the days leading up to your ovulation there's increased blood flow in your pelvic region so that's that's speeding all of this up that's Um, speeding the sexual response cycle right up because the blood is already there that explains for the days a lot so um this is also maybe note for any men who are in partnerships with people who have a vulva and have a menstrual cycle it's important that you get to know that cycle and you should learn about the stages of the cycle because that it will impact your relationship and it's good to yeah know kind of expectations within that um even then mood yeah if you don't feel good it's a lot harder to bring your no mind sexy. to the place of sex no big sexy vibes yeah I feel you. Oh, I was going to mention that ovulation thing. I love when things happen with the food. Well, it's, it is fascinating. And this is the thing. Your, your body has a function. Mm-hmm. You're a functioning body. Don't put so much pressure on yourself because your body is busy. So maybe focus on those days before your cycle. If you are experiencing a cycle of minute. I'm not because of my quill. Yeah, I'm actually. I feel a bit left out. <laughs> I remember coming off on perception. I felt like I was having an awakening. Mm. I was like, it was like I've not been, I've not been fed, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> I can literally only describe it as a hunger. If you've been on contraception for a while and you come off it, it was literally wild. It's mm. calmed down a lot more now. But it's gonna be me in October. I barely have mine's all localized hormones, so it's not actually that severe. But here, I'm looking forward to it. Oh, it's so good. (sighs) Very, very good. I think as well, 
for this kind of conversation i know i mentioned it in the first podcast but bloody hell if you are concerned about your potential to orgasm you have to read come as you are by emily nagoski oh my god i'm reading it now amazing also get her um workbook because there's a lot of activities i don't want to steal her genius content and tell you what to do um get the workbook it's worth it even if you're not experiencing problems or mm-hmm. issues get the book i can't even describe how good it is mind brain gasm marine gasm <laughs> this is the thing though right with the whole concept of pleasure potentials i think while we obviously want to comfort this person who has written this question in there's nothing wrong for wanting more that's completely natural and you know while we should all be comfortable with our body's capacity for whatever experience or pleasure we have we should also you know continue to try and grow in potential it's the same thing like you know that doesn't mean you're dissatisfied with what's going on you can be simultaneously content as this person has said they're having great sex great but you can want more and that's okay I think a lot of people would see this question be like oh my god no that's great happy for you focus on the good oh it's so okay it's fine it's okay to want more that's fine and also you can maybe feel a bit guilty if you want more I don't know if you have a partner or something but like don't feel like you are you know doing something wrong by wanting more and requesting more if you're able to do that but yeah Emily Nagoski I want to just focus on a few things that she has said which me and Gina are all for her um description of an orgasm I really like because there is no mention of genitals because that's the thing maybe that's not why you will have an orgasm she doesn't even mention pleasure exactly because orgasms can be the site of the absolute opposite of pleasure which is like that's a whole other conversation um but her definition is orgasm is a sudden involuntary release of tension generated in response to sexual stimuli so sexual stimuli can be anything that you perceive as sexual in a sexual context it can be sucking on someone's ear it can be like literally anything it doesn't have to be it doesn't even have to be sexual you could have an orgasm in the gym that is actually very common some people it's all dependent on your individual anatomy because it depends where like for example your clitoris is located how large the internal bit of your clitoris is some people when they tense their pelvic floor they can which blessing and a curse that's yeah. one of it so yeah while you're seeking out orgasms someone might be <laughs> looking to get rid of theirs it's a trade <laughs> Be good. Business deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so orgasms help it happen in your brain, not your genitals. So it really, that's why the context is so important. And this is something I've discussed before. You can go back to the blog. I can't remember what the title is, but it's there <laughs> somewhere. Um, yeah, setting the context and establishing the context that works for you is very important. And don't be looking for someone else's definition of an orgasm. What do you say about comparison? It's the thief of joy. And then I will continue on from that. Comparison is the thief of orgasms. Oh, so good. You should it's write fucking a book. true. <laughs> you should rent a book. Um, and 
Yeah. If you also, oh, 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 you mentioned porn. Now let's talk about that. Is that because you become a bit like upset by after five minutes? What's mm. the what's the time limit there? And also going to porn. It's, yeah, so I, was going to I didn't really mean that, but I did a bit. Because I feel like you go to porn because you know it's supposed to be sexy. But do you really find porn sexy? Because you might actually not. And if you don't, just don't even go searching there. You can think that you find porn sexy because you have a genital response. Yeah. That doesn't mean you're aroused. Yeah, true. I don't know which book I've read this in, but if you... Is it this one? Mm-hmm. People... Come as you are. Again. Come as you are. People watching Monkeys Have Set Get Wet. Did you tell me this? Mm-hmm. From the book? Yeah. Nah, nice. So if you can see something that you interpret as sexual, i.e. people shagging, your genitals can respond to that. This is the exact same argument that would cancel out victim blaming in rape cases because mm-hmm. the, but she was wet, but blah, blah, blah. No, that has nothing to do with arousal or consent. Bada bing, bada body boom. It's a big um thing that should be shoved down everyone's throats in school. Oh, I'm this. Absolutely. Not too young. Maybe. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, so maybe you are putting too much pressure on your genitals. Get away from it. Yeah, set yourself a challenge. How can you have sexy time without including your genitals? Such a good challenge. Also, yeah, this is something that there's so many bits of this that can be a winner for you. You can find that um, restrictive rule, sexy. That can be the point of arousal for you. And then that's another route that you can be going and explore. Maybe like a dom sub kind of thing or like chastity. There we go. Mm. Get creative with that. Or you find out that the most erogenous zone of your body is nowhere near your genitals. And I'll give you two give examples. It. Let's hear them. Well, <laughs> nipples. Okay. That's generally sexualized part of a woman's body. Men, try playing with your nipples if you fancy it. See, you could have really sensitive nipples and it could be really fun. But for those who have vulvas and a clitoris, the nipples and the clitoris are very closely aligned in the brain in terms of a response signal. So that's why some people love nipple play and are able to orgasm from nipple stimulation. I love an explanation behind Oh, I know. It's so interesting. The next explanation I have. I I actually learned while I was working at Lush. (laughs) No way. It's a very fun fact because we were being told how to sell foot cream um, and sex sells. (laughs) Famously. (laughs) So some people... Love their feet being touched. Some people, it's just very relaxing, whatever. It's very strong, like pressure point and things like that. But foot fetishes are very, 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 very common. And for good bloody reason. Because your feet and your genital response in your brain sometimes overlap. They're that close. So don't knock it till you tried it. You need to, yeah, abandon, abandon ship in terms of genital sex and especially penetration i'm assuming as well because you have only recently been able to have penetrative sex is this from vaginismus maybe this is a topic that we're really keen to explore vaginismus maybe give a definition it's basically a condition that affects your vaginal tightness and it's a very difficult thing to experience because the tight pussy 
has been glamorized in popular media that that's what everyone is looking for but it's actually it can be a medical issue and it's inflicting pain on said vulva owner so it's fucking disgusting um and sex should never be painful sex should never ever ever be painful unless you're into consensual pain then happy as larry enjoy the pain but no never be painful so let's stop telling people that it should be so with vaginismus usually dilating is involved to build up to penetration so this is where different sized especially could cost those dildos to be inserted they've usually got uh, a base because you can get dilators for anal play as well but you always need a flared base on that um <laughs> otherwise it can get stuck inside there yeah. um so <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah these dilators come in different sizes and you almost have to train your vagina or anus to be able to receive bigger sizes but vaginismus can be connected to trauma so if you've been subjected to sexual violence in any way and harassment even abstinence-based sex education or even stigmatization of your body or shaming that can manifest itself in your body in a, a medical way which is really tricky to deal with and really fucking tricky to move on from so be gentle with yourself physically and emotionally because if that's only a recent thing to be able to reach what you are hoping will be the climax of your sexual experiences you need to be fully relaxed and you need to kind of allow yourself to do that and maybe you're just not there yet and there's a lot of people that aren't because sex is a really difficult thing to navigate and because we've been so let down by education so it's a process but it's just figuring out what works for you maybe penetration is something that you'll really come to enjoy and if it is and when you're ready glass toys can be really really good to use and they're very good for g-spot stimulation which is basically the internal bulbs of your clitoris glass toys and the material glass yeah why are they so good? Well, temperature by first of all, so you can put them in the fridge. Oh, if nice. people like ice and things like mm-hmm. that, you can use it in that way. Or you can run it under warm water. It's a bit too cold. Also, it's really easy if you're using it with more than one person than yourself because you can literally just boil them and they're oh, clean. clean yes. Yeah. So they're really, really hygienic and things like that. Mm-hmm. But also, they're fucking stunning. Yeah, I, I was imagine. saying to my boyfriend, we'll be getting a bunch of glass dildos <laughs> to put in the body mantelpiece. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing with glass toys, they're usually curved glass and steel. Same kind of vibes of the material. You can get really dramatically curved ones that are like a full-on semi-circle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're double-edged in case... It's two vulva owners or vulva and anus. Mm-hmm. So double penetration can work there for more than one person. But these kind of shaped toys are really good for figuring out what angle works for you as well. Because while, you know, penetration, like PNV sex has been shoved on our throats mm-hmm. since the get-go and you're seeing these explosive simultaneous orgasms like, oh, yes, we came at the same time from you literally penetrating me for five seconds. <laughs> as if that's shit in itself that script is boring we need to rip it up paper shred it and put it in like a rabbit hutch but <laughs> <laughs> we just not want that oh yeah but um 
even angles, different positions. Like you literally need to figure out everything to write your own little script to figure out what may help you reach orgasm. Because if you maybe, for example, are using a curved toy and squat, that's a really, really good way. Like squat, like a, a yoga squat, like a molasses yoga squat. squat. Yeah, that's a really good way of finding your G-spot. And you can figure out if that's the kind of stimulation that you like and enjoy. And then you can massage that and then basically it builds fluid. And that's how squirting happens when that release comes. But you need to build, build, build with that. But also some people find G-spot stimulation painful. Some people love it. But you need to figure all of this out. And it is, you have to learn everything about your own body to be able to pinpoint internally where these things are because you don't have a penis that's in front of you mm. you have insides to work with but bearing in mind this is all well and good but the brain is the biggest sexual organ so while you're doing it you need to be thinking how is your brain being used do you maybe need to do this in a dark room with a candle lit? do you need a specific song on do you feel most sexually comfortable with a partner because mm. that's okay too like a mutual masturbation can be a great thing and maybe you know, even a partner using glass toys on you as well, if you're struggling with penetration solo, you know, it's all, it's, it is a means of like trying until you find what sticks, but see it as, yeah, an opportunity for exploration rather than, okay, I have this mission to orgasm and I need to do all of these things like a TikTok exercise because you're never going to enjoy that. That's taking the joy out of something that should be fucking excellent. And sex without orgasms is still sex and it's still pleasurable. Orgasms don't equal pleasure and sex without orgasms is still worth having as long as you're enjoying it. But yeah, it's a bloody process and a half. I am really um, anti-porn to an extent. First of all, pay for your porn. That's my number one thing. But I think the the dependency on visual Mm -hmm. aids um you know isn't doing a lot of us any favors so try exploring erotica whether you want to read it or listen to it that gets your brain going with women what were you saying earlier women's arousal is socially stimulated whereas for men growing up they learn arousal by basically whenever their penis gets hard they associate their feelings and their environment with arousal Mm-hmm. So they've got literally a physical indicator to begin yeah, the associations. Whereas for women, we've not got, well, we're honest, we've not got a penis to get erect as an indicator of being turned on. So we learn socially from the environment mm-hmm. what arouses us. Yeah. Yeah. And so also, true. so complex. This is a thing. It can be frustrating. Sometimes not to have a penis because mm-hmm. you can see it, you know what the crack is, and also orgasms are a lot more obvious. But fear not, you have the potential for so much pleasure with your absolutely beautiful vulva. Treat it wonderfully and it will reward you. It sounds like you're doing a really good job, especially because of things that you've had to deal with recently. So yeah, sending loads of love about that. Honestly, keep it up, but really forget about the orgasm thing yeah i was gonna say try and move the expectation do you know what it's like do you know when people I can't are wait like, for this i just know it's gonna be an absolute <laughs> no, nugget of gold it's not do you know whenever people are like oh, right i'm sick of dating i just want a boyfriend 
And they're like, right, fuck's sake, I've been on dates and not finding one, I can't be arsed. It's literally when you stop looking. You need to stop trying. And I that's so much like easier said than done. Because even, you know, even when you're able to experience orgasms, if there's one day and you don't, that frustration can kick in. So we empathize with your frustration. That's natural. And like, fuck, it's annoying. But try your very best to stop expecting to orgasm and see what happens. If you can feel your brain thinking, oh, orgasm, why isn't happening? It should be happening. Don't focus on that. Focus on what's feeling great right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah, really stay away. Wonder, can you stay away from your genders for or two? And really like amp up the the tension with your partner. Yeah, yeah. Things like that. Like let it really, really build. Like it's going in a slow cooker. Also, something that a lot of vulva owners struggle with as well, the difference in average orgasm times for a penis owner, that's four to six minutes before they ejaculate, um, if they ejaculate with orgasm. And for a vulva owner, I think it's anywhere between 10 and 40 minutes. Wow. So that just shows you it's complex down there. Very, very complex, but also... Time is a fucking pressure point for a lot of vulva owners. Number one, because generally if you've grown up identifying as a woman, you feel like you don't deserve time, that you're taking up too much time. You're too polite, like, oh, don't worry about me. No worries if not. Literally, no worries if not. Yes, worries if not. And, you know, that time doesn't mean orgasm. That time means pleasure that you deserve. You also don't owe someone a climax because they've given you their time and effort to make you feel good. You don't have to perform and massage someone's ego because they've, you know, given you oral sex for half an hour. You deserve that time and pleasure. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to fake it because you're like, oh, but I feel bad. Relax into it and just leave them at it. In terms of porn, something that's just popped into my head, if you really enjoy porn. This is the thing. I don't want to discredit if it really does work for some people. For sure, yeah. Maybe it helps people get creative. So literally like vulva worship. I think there should be a focus on that. Like goddess vibes, queen energy. And yeah, indulge in that. And I think in terms of erotica, that could be a category that I would push you towards because Maybe you feel, you know, a bit let down by your vulva, your vagina specifically, if you've struggled with penetration. That's also natural and normal because you were told that everything should work a certain way. Mm. And that's shit that you were told that. And um, it's shit that we're all told that because nothing is that easy, especially when it comes to sex. So you need to try, obviously, not everyone has to love their body or whatever. But the more that you do, the more pleasure you're going to be capable of. So I would go down that route of porn and erotica, like full on worship, and just focus on that. The religion. Yeah, absolutely. The religion of the Bible. Sign up. I'll set the church. <laughs> but yeah, indulge yourself in that and indulge yourself in any little tiny bit of pleasure mm-hmm. that you get. Interesting story here to close up on, probably. Go for it. Another favourite book of mine with. The woman that I 
I'm obsessed with want to be, but also kind of want to be my mum. Okay. Weird. <laughs> yeah. Just like, ugh. Esther Perel. Sexy bitch. Really? Genius. Mm. Wow. <laughs> I love her. Um, Made in Captivity. Fantastic book. And it also analyzes the context of sex within the perimeters of desire versus love, which are generally simultaneous in a relationship, in a partnered sexual relationship but sometimes they fuck each other over and that's where incompatibility comes in but she is basically a sex and relationships therapist and she discusses one of her clients that came in she hadn't had an orgasm in like 30 years or something it was a heterosexual cis relationship man and woman and esther perel obviously was on the bloody ball and was able to recognize that this woman was experiencing what so many of her clients experience yet again you're not alone that she wouldn't allow herself the time and the space to actually be able to get there to be able to reach that climax Mm. she was just like oh yeah flustered and would go towards him rather than allowing it the fact of the matter is if your partner is in love with you has desire for you you know they want to give you this pleasure so also let them have that Obviously, if you feel comfortable, but like try and allow that want of theirs to make you feel comfortable too. And she basically scrapped the whole sex scenario with her client and just said, what do you really enjoy doing? She and the woman had basically said she's a real foodie, loves food. Mm-hmm. And Esther Crowell had basically identified that this woman loved ice cream, but she just mm-hmm. was like, she always shared everything she ever had. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of women, we are told to give, 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 instead of take, take. And that's why I'm saying go down the category of worship. Take everything that you fucking deserve and that you've been like, starved off by your fucking gender identity. <sighs> <laughs> but she got this woman to get a, like a massive ice cream, like a gorgeous cone. Mm-hmm of ice cream yeah and she just sat and ate every single last bit of it in front of her partner and didn't allow him to taste any of his ice cream and after that they had sex and she had the first orgasm she had in like 34 years whoa it's literally rewiring your brain that woman rewired her brain to be like all of this is mine to enjoy that's a great story isn't it yeah it's very sexy I, what kind of ice cream do you imagine uh neapolitan i'm getting Really? Yeah, that's different colors. Oh, different colors. Really? Yeah, like yeah. I imagine you the whippy. Absolutely not. Quite a shite. No. No, 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 no. No, because then that would be gone in seconds. You would want it to be a lengthy experience. Is in bowls though. Bowls of ice cream on top of the cone. Oh, you know what? You know when you go on holiday and they put it on the thing with the spatula, like the slabs of ice cream. Sexy really sexy yeah so identify something that you love doing in life and try and maybe take inspo from that story i so would love some ice cream right now me too we're gonna go get some ice cream and <laughs> eat it in front of each other erotically <laughs> um yeah this is lovely i feel like it was a very long conversation but fucking hell it could talk about it for three mm-hmm. days more i hope you took away some things that will help you and if not 
buy the book, come as you are. Yeah, exactly. So good. Exactly. And if there's anything more specific you, you want to talk about within relationships, desire, self-esteem, you can go to the link in our bio um, and submit a question anonymously. If you don't want us to blab about it on a podcast, absolutely fine. You can get us to answer it. A personal email. Yep. Response back. Yep, 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 yep. There's loads of kisses. But yeah, even if all of that doesn't apply to you, maybe something does and let that take you down a wormhole that's mm. going to be specific to you. Um, Yeah, everyone's different and that's the best thing ever. Sending you loads of love and yeah, stay horny. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and cut. cut.